are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four-volume, over 2,500-page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's readings, I invite you to head on over to Facebook, and there you'll find the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group page, and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights with others who are listening and following along. If you would like to support this free podcast, you can do so by going to Venmo and sending a tip to Mystical City of God. Now let us thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sor Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 313, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 15, Paragraphs 300 to 306. Instruction which the great mistress of the angels gave me. 300. My daughter... By no power of human words wilt thou in this mortal life ever succeed in describing the envy of Lucifer and his demons against men, or the malice, astuteness, deceits, and ruses with which in his wrath he seeks to bring them into sin, and later on to eternal torments. He tries to hinder all good works, and such as are performed, he tries to minimize or to destroy and pervert as to their merits." All the malice of which his own mind is capable, he attempts to inject into the souls. Against these attacks, God provides admirable protection, if men will only cooperate and correspond on their part. Hence, the apostle admonishes them to walk carefully amid all these dangers and conflicts, not like the foolish, but as wise, redeeming their time, because the days of mortal life are evil and full of dangers. Ephesians 5.15 Again, he exhorts them to be fixed and constant in good works, because their labor shall not be in vain before the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15.58 The truth of this our enemy knows and dreads. Hence, he seeks with deepest malice to cause dismay in the souls at the commission of one sin, in order that they may ruin themselves by despair and leave off all good works. For thus they throw aside the weapons with which the angels can defend them and do battle with the demons. Although these works in the sinner have not the life of charity, or of merit for grace or glory, yet they are very useful. Sometime it happens that on account of the habit of doing good, the divine clemency furnishes efficacious help for performing these works with greater fervor or with sorrow for sins and true charity by which the soul regains justification. 301. By all our good deeds as creatures, we open up ways to the blessed for defending us and for asking the divine mercy to look upon us and snatch us from sin. The saints also feel obliged to come to the assistance of those that sincerely invoke them in danger and that show them a special devotion. 
If the saints in their charity are so inclined to favor men in the dangerous conflicts with the devils, thou must not be surprised, my dearest, that I am so merciful with the sinners who take refuge in my clemency, for I desire their salvation infinitely more than they themselves. Innumerable are those whom I have saved from the infernal dragon because of their devotion to me. Even though they have recited only one ave or have said one word in my honor and invocation, so great is my love for them that if they would call upon me in time and with sincerity, none of them would perish. But the sinners and the reprobate do no such thing. Because the wounds of sin, not being of the body, do not distress them, and the oftener they are committed, the less regret or sorrow do they cause. The second sin is already like wounding a dead body, which knows neither fear, nor defense, nor sensation. 3.02. The result of this torpid insensibility to eternal damnation and to the deceits of the devil in fastening it upon men is dreadful. Without knowing upon what they rest their false security, the sinners are asleep and perfectly at ease as to their ruin, when they ought justly to fear and take heed of the swiftly approaching eternal death, or at least seek help by praying to the Lord or to me or the saints. But even this which costs them so little, they do not know how to begin until the time in which the conditions of their salvation can be realized has for many of them passed away. If for some of them I still procure salvation in the last agony, this privilege cannot be common to all. Hence are lost so many children of the church, who in their ingratitude and foolishness despise the many and powerful helps given by the divine clemency in most opportune time. Therefore, also, it will increase their confusion when they shall see that the mercy of their God, my own kindest wishes to save them, and the charity of the saints before their eyes, they have robbed of the glory of their conversion, and not afforded me or the angels or saints the joy of saving them in answer to their heartfelt invocation. 303. I wish my daughter to manifest to thee still another secret. Thou already knowest that my son and lord in the gospel says that the angels have joy in heaven whenever any sinner does penance and is converted to the way of life through his justification. Luke 15.10. The same happens when the just perform works of true virtue and merit new degrees of glory. Now, that which happens among the heavenly inhabitants in the conversion of sinners and in the increase of merit of the just has a counterpart in what happens with the demons at the sins of the just and the deeper falls of sinners. For no sin is committed by men, however small, in which the demons do not take pleasure. And those that attend to the business of tempting mortals immediately give notice to the demon in the eternal dungeons of their success. There they enjoy them and record them for further use, both in order to press their claims before the divine judge, and in order that their greater dominion and jurisdiction over sinners, according to the measure of the offense, may be publicly known. In this manner they show their treacherous hate of men, whenever they succeed in deceiving them into sin by some momentary and apparent pleasure. But the Most High, who is just in all his works, ordained that also the conversion of sinners and the good works of the just should redound to the torment of the envious demons, since they rejoice so much at the perdition of men. 3.04. This sort of chastisement, therefore, causes great torments to all the demons, because by it they are not only confounded and oppressed in their mortal hatred of men, but by the victories of the saints and the conversion of sinners, they are deprived of a great part of their power over those whom they have drawn into sin by their plots. The new torments thus caused to them, they seek to vent upon the damned in hell, 
And just as there is new joy in heaven at the penance and good works of sinners, so for the same reason there arise new confusion and misfortune in hell at the good works of the just. On such occasions, amid howls of despair, the demons inflict new accidental torments upon all that live in those dungeons of dismay and horror. Thus, heaven and hell are affected at the same time in contrary ways by conversion and justification of the sinner. Whenever the souls justify themselves through the sacraments, especially by a truly sorrowful confession, it often happens that the devils for a long time dare not appear before the penitent, nor for many hours even presume to look at him, if he himself does not again encourage them by losing the divine favor and returning again to the dangers and occasions of sin. For then the demons quickly cast off the fear inspired by true penitence and justification. 305. In heaven there can be no sorrow or pain, but if there could be, then the saints would feel it on account of nothing in the world so much as to see the justified souls falling back and losing grace, and the sinner drawing away further or making it impossible for him to regain divine favor. Sin of its own nature is just as powerful to move heaven to sorrow and pain as penance and virtue are to torment hell. Consider then, my dearest, in what dangerous ignorance mortals ordinarily live, depriving heaven of its joy in the justification of souls, hindering the external glory connected therewith, holding up the punishment due to the demons, and affording them, on the contrary, the joyful triumph of the fall and perdition of men. I desire that thou, as a faithful and prudent handmaid, be guided by thy higher knowledge, labor, in compensating these evils. See that thou always approach the sacrament of confession with fervor, esteem, and veneration, and with a heartfelt sorrow for thy sins. For this sacrament inspires the dragon with great terror, and he exerts himself diligently to hinder souls by his deceits, in order to cause them to receive this sacrament lukewarmly out of mere habit, without sorrow and without proper disposition. He is so eager in this matter not only because he wishes to cause the loss of souls, but also to avoid the fierce torments of being oppressed and confounded in his malignity by the true penance and justification of his escaped victims. 306. Besides all this, my friend, I wish to remind thee that although the infernal dragons are indeed the authors and masters of lies, and although they deal with men only in order to mislead and ruin them by their deceits, yet these enemies, whenever in their meetings they confer among themselves in regard to misleading men, are forced to admit certain truths which they know and cannot deny. They understand them, yet they communicate them to men, not in good faith, but obscured and mixed with their own errors and falsehood, for the promotion of their own malicious designs. Since thou hast in this chapter and the whole course of this history laid bare so many of their counsels, meetings, and secrets, they are highly enraged against thee, for they flattered themselves that these secrets and all their machinations would never come to the knowledge of men. Therefore they are furious to take vengeance upon thee, but the Most High will protect thee, if thou call upon him to crush the head of the dragon. Do thou also beseech the divine clemency, that these advices and instructions may help to undeceive mortals, and by the divine light redound to their benefit. On thy own part do thou seek faithfully to correspond as being under greater obligations to him than all others living in the present age. For if, understanding their malice, thou dost not exert thyself to vanquish them with the assistance of the Most High and of his holy angels, thy ingratitude and the triumph of hell will grow in proportion to the favors thou hast received. This concludes our reading today for day number 313. We've been reading from Volume 4, Book 7, 
chapter 15, paragraphs 300 to 306. In our reading today, we hear what Our Lady can obtain for us, that she obtains grace of conversion for individuals who are astray. She says, I have saved from the infernal dragon because of their devotion to me, even though they have recited only one Ave, or have said only one word in my honor and invocation. So this devotion to Mary is efficacious in this life, not only because she intercedes for us, but again, she defends us at the hour of our death, and we're reminded of that in every Hail Mary. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. The saints are also efficacious, it seems, as we hear that therefore also it will increase their confusion when they shall see that with the mercy of their God, my own kindest wishes to save them and the charity of the saints before their eyes. They have robbed God of the glory of their conversion, not afforded me or the angels or saints the joy of saving them and answer to their heartfelt invocation. So when a person doesn't cooperate with the grace of God, well, then it robs heaven of great joy. The saints, they're cheering us on to victory. They have run the race before us. We are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, and they are praying for the church here on earth that we might join them in that kingdom of heaven. The saints pray, the saints intercede. And I think one of the things we can do in our battle with sin sometimes is just to think of the great joy of heaven and what our triumph over sin does for heaven. It rejoices over one sinner who repents. Well, what about the disciple of Jesus who doesn't give in to sin? I'm sure that's great cause for rejoicing in heaven as well. That's what we heard, that sin of its own nature is just as powerful to move heaven to sorrow and pain as penance and virtue are to torment hell. Well, torment the demons. Don't torment the angels and saints by consenting to sin. We did hear about the power of confession in our reading today and the importance of having true sorrow, of not just going through the motions with confession, but of having that contrition for our sin. And when we have that, God can do amazing things. The Virgin Mary and the saints are honored, in a sense, when we make this good confession because then they continue to pray for us. And I repeat the words of the Confidior for us today. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. Let us ask Mary and the saints to pray for us today, but more importantly, let us also pray for one another. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.